And now, foul demon, face the vengeance of the Moon Knight. listeners you're back with into the night a moon night podcast and i'm one of your hospital wards billy i'm your other hospital ward ray and uh, apart from the usual news that we'll have for you this week uh, we'll also be doing a panel by panel review of lemire's issue six incarnations part one so grab your issues sit back relax and get your conchu on Alright, Ray, if you could have your life drawn by uh, James Stokoe, Francesco Francovia, or Wilfredo Torres, who would you have draw it? Oh, very, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. I, um, I immediately, oh, immediately would think James Stokoe, because I just love how detailed he is, um, and uh, I just love, love his art in general, but my gosh, the other two um, could easily have them done by them as well, um, but I'll go with Stokoe, how about you? Yeah, no, Stoke all the way. He's my um, ah. he's my lovely detailed space drawing artist. Mm. He's a, I'd love. I mean, if my life could be as exciting as a uh, fighting space werewolf on the moon, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, I think Frank Avia would be really cool as well. I'm just thinking of um, what we'll dive into later on um, in this episode, but just his colors are great, and and that kind of tone he he gives, it's um. To me, it, it's kind of like a mix between noir and uh, a bit of horror. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Stoko, definitely sci-fi element. <laughs> Get me in one of those rockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ray, it was uh, it was kind of looking a, a, a small week until about 6am uh, Australian Eastern <laughs> Standard Time on a Friday morning that uh, something big dropped. Uh, Alex Alonso, I believe that's his name, editor-in-chief at uh, Marvel released a page of artwork from the upcoming Moon Knight 188. It, yeah, it, it was really great. It was it was kind of looking a bit sparse there with news. Um, like we were kind of blessed with the last couple of weeks of having having some, some big news for Moon Knight. Um, so things were looking pretty, uh, pretty bare, but yeah, this page popped up, and I think it was uh, one of our loonies, Joshua, who put it onto our group page. That's where I saw it, actually. Uh, and yeah, what a what a what a cool page to speculate on or speculate on. Shout out to Austin for that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So what, what what were your initial thoughts for for this page? Yeah, I mean, out of all the pages to share, this one was um the most, I suppose, the least revealing, but one of the more intriguing ones to share is it uh if you'll uh, check in our show notes, we'll have a link, or maybe you've seen it in the Into the Night, um, a Moon Knight fan base group, which is uh, facebook.com slash group slash Into the Night. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyone started joining us now, the uh, the page is set up in basically three panels. The first one is just a woman in her PJs, brushing her teeth. The second panel's then her lights turned off, shadows almost covering the room as she settles into the bed, and... Uh, she turns, uh, we see a side-on panel, uh, yeah, side-on sort of angle of the panel, and we see beside her bed is actually a wall with Moon Knight's 
hood and cloak and then photos of Mark Spector and Mr. Knight and Moon Knight. So, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I think my first reaction to seeing this page is that this character is going to be someone pretty pretty big, at least in this first arc, or first issue. Yeah, it's... um. It, it kind of drops a few things here and there. Um, I remember your comment as well. You mentioned about the cat, and it actually took me a while because I didn't really zoom in. I didn't really see what the cat was, but, uh, but I see the cat on the bed, and um, my immediate thing with that is, uh, you know, cats and, and, and Egypt yeah. or, uh, you know, uh, mythology. So, uh, you know, I love seeing cats in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I wonder also as well if... Um, so do you think this is just like a, a preliminary page purely with art, do you think there'll be much um, lettering populated in there later on? Or do you reckon this is the page as it is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this page as it is supposed to be rather okay. silent, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, I think it could work either way. I mean, it definitely could work as a silent one as well. It's kind of like, I can almost imagine it's like her uh, almost daily routine. Uh, yeah. Know, um, getting into bed and, and just being deep in thought. Uh, and, and, yeah, she has this... This wall, uh, oh, sorry, closet, um, full of Moon Knight stuff. So she's either really obsessed or um, uh, over Moon Knight, or she's just, a, you know, a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or, or she, um, you know, has something to do with him. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of speculation as to who she might be. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, I think the art is, is pretty decent. Um, it's uh, obviously not much is happening with action, Um but uh, Burroughs, I think, does well. Yeah, and there's a. Um, we also learnt from this tweet who our colorist is going to be. Mm. One man named Matt Lopez. Yeah, and, are, uh, you, are you familiar with this stuff? Or? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's. Um, yeah, I don't think I've read a single bit of his work. I'll pull up his uh, portfolio. Mm-hmm. But um, so anyway, back to but just back to this. Uh, page. So there were also comments as well as you can actually see Mr. Knight in there and Declan Shelby's uh, Armoured Moon Knight um, posted up. Um, so it shows all the iterations of, of Moon Knight there um, and I, I'm assuming it, it even has, well it's got the classic one as well. Um, so there were two trains of thought I think um, for who this person was Connor and I think initially everyone said okay could it be the truth? Which is the the big mm. bad, um, or could it also be uh, Doctor Emmett? Yeah, well, uh, she was our um, psychiatrist in the mental mm -hmm. hospital that uh, Mark Spector was in. Which we still don't know whether it's a was it truly a reality or just mm -hmm. some weird psychosis. So it's yeah, it's a hundred percent likely that this could be who she actually was, or maybe she's been involved in. Moon Knight's life before, and that's why she was brought into um, Moon Knight's psychosis, or, or maybe it is just Doctor Emmett hanging out, not crocodile-like in the mm. in the real world. Do you think maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, do you think maybe there's a chance that this person, whether it be Emmett or not, um? will maybe don the costume as well? Oh, possibly. I mean, mm. it, I, I always come back to the title of this arc, which is Crazy Runs in the Family, yes. which is such an interesting name, considering the only thing we really know is that there's a there's a villain trying to sort of reveal Moon Knight from the shadows, which doesn't really almost seem to fit with that title. Like, 
I wouldn't associate that plot line with the crazy runs in the family unless possibly related to Moon Knight. So it's by all means that maybe maybe Moon Knight needs assistance against such a powerful foe that this uh this woman here might possibly jump in to help out the uh the extra crazy in this family. Hmm. And and it's not outside the scope of what Marvel does, I think. I'm thinking Connor of of uh is her name Teresa Parker? Are you following Spider Man at all or No, not at the moment. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well it's really funny, um, for Spidey fans as well. Out of the blue, um Peter Parker discovers he has a sister, um, Teresa Parker. Uh, it turns out like there was some, there was some kind of convoluted um, reason behind it. it. wasn't really his sister, but um, she was kind of made to think that she was. So, um, as you mentioned with the title, Crazy Runs in the Family, I wonder if she is related to Mark Spector somehow. Um, and yeah, if she does don the uh the white cloak to become a moon knight and then you know with the whole legacy series we'll have classic moon knight but we'll also have maybe an introduction of a of a, hmm. a new version I'm not too sure yeah and sort of to I'd, I'd never even thought of that the one the train i was sort of on to speculate um <laughs> was that uh she could possibly be the truth and that uh you know she has this big obsession with moon knight that possibly you know, led to her wanting to take down Moon Knight almost like, um, do you remember the new Black Spectre appeared in Warren Ellis's arc? Yeah. He, he yeah. became obsessed and tried to kill Moon Knight. Or possibly even she was a fan and then I believe the god will probably be Horus here, attached mm-hmm. as we see in the um, legacy lenticular cover for Moon Knight mm-hmm. 188. Um, so yeah, I think possibly the truth in that yeah, she just has this obsession that when you actually look at the um, page, you actually see Mark Spectre in there. So this woman knows Mark's identity. So yes, I um I also kind of spitballed that that could get his um supporting cards back into the picture by having her go after them, considering she'll have known all their identities, and that'll kind ah. of you know suffering brings everyone together. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, it is. It's. It, it is kind of. It's, it's baffled me as well. I like. Um, I like what you mentioned about her being the truth. Um, and there being Horace. I mean, we we know the big bad, and and Bemis has said that the big bad is kind of like a counter or an opposite to Moon Knight. So, and and obviously the lenticular cover, um, showing Horace. So Horace is definitely involved. I wonder if if the truth. Uh, is one in the same with Dr. Emmett, but then um, that would mean that the truth would be a moot. Um, and how does then Horace fit into yeah. that? It's all, it's, uh, yeah, there, so there are a few uh, <laughs> a few questions up in the air for this. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to see her probably as a, as a, um, a vessel to, to get the supporting characters back in there as well mm. i think i think that could very much be if she does know the identity and um but let's not also forget that crawley seems to um and marlene seem to be well aware if, if we're basing it off lemire's previous run uh they're well aware of the situation more so than than mark so uh they might even still be you know kind of aware of of uh, the moon knight team um, oh but, yeah mm, yeah i, I, I def- 
Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just sort of saying, it really was such an interesting page to share out of anything you have out of a 21-page um, issue. So I think, yeah, I think this was entirely sort of beginner speculating and... Uh, Mm. Done its job. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a very good one. Uh, yeah, good good one to pick because um, uh, it's just left us with with just three panels. It just left us wondering a whole heap of stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, a very good a very good teaser into the upcoming issues ahead. Um, we also got something else, Connor, as well from from um, Jason Burrows himself. Oh, yes. Yeah, on on Twitter, he tweeted. Uh, just a sketch. I mean, you can actually still see some of the pencil marks and some of the the guides that he puts in. But he um, he posted something uh, of uh, it was basically a foot kicking kicking some thugs. Right, there were like three tattooed, um, you know, thugs, and uh, it could only be Moon Knight um, being the one <laughs> dishing out justice. <laughs> yeah. So we sort of yeah, it, it's very much finally seen the action scene, but. It mm-hmm. almost gives us insight into the look of Moon Knight's costume. It's it's kind of interesting because the robe we sort of saw on the covers made it look really traditional, but there's this awesome sort of armored look on as we see his uh his boot that makes mm-hmm. it seem that almost it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, and there's a little bit on his uh on his gloves and hand as well, there seems to be some armoured padding. You can just see to the left oh, yeah. um, as he grabs a guy's head. So, mm, it looks uh, looks good. I'm glad uh, he's he's kicking kicking a to these guys because they look pretty <laughs> yeah they look pretty bad. Uh, you know, they've got tattoos on the neck. They've got a knife. So, um, yeah, just can't wait to see the action scenes here. Uh, yeah. Jason Burrows and he titled this uh, a little sneak peek for the full moon. So. Um, Immediately after I saw that, uh, had a look at the leg and the and the hand, and I uh, just asked him, "Yeah, is that is that Moon Knight?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah, I, I really, I love the way he has very much definition with the with the power of a full boot to the face. And I think it'll be a very sort of a very weighty, some very weighty action scenes. I think you'll be able to feel a. Uh, feel every punch he's throwing in this issue, uh, in the series, really. Mm, I can't wait. I mean, Burroughs, as we mentioned, he's, uh, his artwork is, is you know, is quite graphic um, and, uh, I, I guess, prone to, to violence and action. So I can't wait to see how he lays out these these action scenes. And Bemis calling it a very cinematic um, kind yeah. of comic book. So, yeah, looking forward to... Uh, um, uh, non-regular kind of angles or perspectives uh, and, and just a whole lot of movement in his art. Uh, I just wanted to also go back, Connor, as well. Just briefly, we are talking about that page from 188. Uh, and I just wanted to make mention, Rebecca actually made a very interesting comment as well uh, in it Ooh, about yes. who that, who that uh, woman was. And she mentioned that uh, emet in Hebrew equals truth, or, you know, is truth. So make... Of that, what you will, but uh, that actually just adds an, another a layer of mystery to the whole thing. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Where do we go from here? <laughs> and oh, then, uh, actually, just while we're back on this page, I also love um, and I suppose with the kick-ass action scene, I love his his facial work here. There's a lot of emotion in every face, even sort of the half shadow casted uh, woman in the uh, page 188 page, just. Her lying mm. in bed is, uh, you can 
you can just see sort of what she's feeling without the lettering or any sort of text there. Hmm. It yeah, he's he's quite an accomplished artist. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, uh, interesting to see. I mean, we were kind of uh, spoiled a bit with Greg Smallwood, uh, and I kept on or I keep on going on about how his backgrounds are really detailed, uh, and that how that adds so much depth to the to the pictures. Uh, this is only like one page, um, uh, and just looking at it, uh, it's great art. Um, but the the layout of the the bedroom is quite um, sparse, which which may reflect the character as well. But I wonder how much detail Burroughs will put into into the background. Probably not as much as Smallwood, but mm. um, uh, it'd still be interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, I wonder when we'll sort of get our next teaser. We're uh, we're now a little under two months away, being the fifth uh, of November, and we're recording on the ninth. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta wonder how many more pages we'll get, or if we're kind of done for now until the end of October when we get a full three-page preview of this issue. Or ah, oh, can't wait! It'll be great, and then you know, a bit 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 of lettering and and kind of you know how Valiant they actually release a lot, like you know with their sneak peeks, they they release like six seven pages, like almost a third, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally. about six, five or six pages, which is a big, that's a big preview. Um. Yeah, I don't think Marvel don't do that, do they? They, they as, you, as you mentioned, they do about three pages. Yeah, but uh, I love uh, that though. <laughs> it, yeah, it is great. I mean, there's the downside is that you kind of you read it and reread it and reread it, and then when the issue comes out, you kind of know it <laughs> already. Um, but anyway, it's um, yeah, definitely something to look forward to. And I think I think this must be purely by sheer luck, Connor, or or uh, maybe it is uh, your uh, fantastic planning, but we should be done with the Lemire series just in time for the first issue of of the Bemis Burrows, right? Yeah, as long as uh, yeah, we, we don't really have a week break. We uh, we can pump oh. out a full. Yeah, no, we're dedicated. We're never we're never going to be <laughs> leaving this. <laughs> never yeah, going to be no, taking a break. No, but that's fantastic. It's um yeah, so we should roll straight into um into the the new series, which would be fantastic. Yeah, no, it'll be great, and we'll have we'll probably have time to sort of talk about where Lemire's left us, which was the plan all along with this sort of introspective mm. back review. So yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be nice and fresh in our minds as we get into the new um, into the new se- series. Sorry. Well, uh, if we sort of wrapped up on this piece of news, I'll get you to introduce mm-hmm. the next piece, considering you actually found this one online of a an article yeah. talking about who the next four defenders should be. Yeah, I found this on uh, the Den of Geek. Uh, website and it's you know a bit more spectorlation um, and it's Marvel's <laughs> Defenders and uh, who we'd like to see or um, who should be in the next uh, who should be the next four uh, in the Defenders series if we look beyond uh, already that seems like a distant memory the Defenders um, so there was a lot of uh, names bandied about um, but they came up with with four which I think are very very cool I'd, I'd be I'd say thumbs up to, to three of them, and just a bit of a question mark on the fourth one. So the first one was obviously Moon Knight, because everyone's kind of waiting for him to make his uh, debut on, on the screen, uh, and that all makes sense, it's pretty obvious. The second one was uh, the Master of Kung Fu, none other than Shang-Chi, which I think would be a great connection um, to Iron Fist, 
from from the phase one of of the defenders, uh, and uh, he just happens to be yeah. I, I say this every week, but he happens to be one of my favourites as well. Mm. Uh, only because he's just so grounded. Like he is basically um, a kung fu master. He hasn't got any any superpowers. He, he can kind of control his chi to an extent. I guess not like the Iron Fist, um, but uh, there are no you know there are no fantastic or otherworldly powers to him. So for that, he's quite well grounded and easy to do. I think on Netflix. Uh, the third one was uh, a little up in the air for me. Was She-Hulk? No, I think she's a great character as well. Um, but we can discuss that a bit later. And the last one uh, was Echo, which I think she's a yes. greatly underused character. I really like her design as well. She's got um, just that that hand print on her face, and the fact that she's got uh, um, she's kind of like Taskmaster, right? She's got a photographic. Um, memory for 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 actions, so she can replicate mm. any anything she watches. Um, yeah, Connor. So, what what do you think about these four? Um, well, I, I think I think we could really have all of them. I've always thought about a She-Hulk show, and I almost love that as a same universe but separate from the Netflix. Like maybe carve out a new part with like Jester, Spider Woman, and mm-hmm. get sort of oh, sorry. Patsy now called Trish in the Netflix show in there as well. So. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't think they would do it because I think possibly even just the CGI of having a hulked out character would, I think, be too much for their mm. Netflix budgets to keep up. But, I mean, she's one of my favorites. If they could do a very different sort of story than what we've come to expect from Netflix, then I think that'd be mm. well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of want Moon Knight right now. <laughs> and I think uh, looking at the other three, I think they could all be put in, I think... Shang-Chi could be a good foil in Iron Fist Season 2 or 3. Mm. And then I even think, you know, we have Moon Knight series, maybe even set up from The Punisher. And I think, you know, Echo's history with Moon Knight, you could almost do what Daredevil did with The Punisher. You know, Echo shows mm. up in Moon Knight Season 1 and then, or Season 2, and then sort of goes off to do her own show. So I think they're all sort of very likely and it all sort of interconnected as we've seen the Netflix shows do before. Mm, absolutely, with Echo. I mean, she's also got ties with Daredevil as well, so it yeah. really wor- It really works. Yeah, she, she. I think she was introduced. She was um, created by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, um, and she was in his run uh, earlier on. That's how I um, came across her with Alex Maleve, um, and uh, yeah. So, so she kind of connects both Daredevil and Moon Knight. Uh, look, I, I love. Um, I do like She-Hulk as well. Uh, I'm just a bit, I don't know, a bit wary about how the tone of her, how she would fit into Netflix. I can really see her in a, in like an ABC um Yeah, true, production. that as well. Um, because she's a little quirky as well, uh, which which not not to say that there's no humour in the Netflix shows, but, um, I mean, if you, if you put her side by side with Moon Knight, who is going to be dark, um, and Shang-Chi, who's, who's, I think is... Um, well known for really not having that much of a sense of humour. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, then yeah, yeah, She Hulk is uh, is kind of like a fish out of water. But look, she might she might do really well off them. Uh, and I agree that she should actually work really well with Trish Walker. I'd like to see her and Hellcat um, together. So Trish is already introduced into the Netflix world. Um, so yeah, by all means, uh, yeah, I'd love to see She Hulk. Um, 
but yeah, just with the groundedness of all the other characters, uh, just to see someone with green skin uh, in Netflix, yeah. it, it kind of immediately um, starts becoming you know fantastical. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, maybe not for me. But uh, yeah, but Echo definitely. Mm. I um I really like Echo. Uh, I don't know why. Even the cool name, like it's uh it's very simple, and her her skill set is very simple as well. But um she's proven she can uh go toe to toe with Daredevil and uh and definitely in Moon Knight as well. So they're you know they're no slouches in the in the fighting department. So she's pretty good. Heck yeah, no. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think. I think, yeah, I think we'd be happy with any of those, but most importantly, just seeing Moon Knight in there, just mm. every week we pray. Actually, also, Connor, it's oh. funny, have you um, have you seen or have you started watching The Mist on Netflix? No, I, I saw that today. I wondered if anyone had actually started. Do go on. I There's only one little footnote. I was... Uh, Eve was getting me to watch it. She's she's uh she's watched it all at the all already, but she wants to watch it again. So it must be good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and so she said, "Oh, let's go watch the first episode." And uh, I sat down last night, and there's one of the lead characters. It's the um. So if you ever get to watch it, it's the dad. It's the dad of the the main um teenager um uh, daughter. I reckon he'd be a good Moon Knight. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know uh, his name. Um. Let me let me just IMDB him at the moment. Uh, I think he'll be pretty cool. He, uh, I've never seen him before anywhere, uh, but he he's got some some good acting chops. Oh, I think his name, funnily enough, one of the lead actors is called Morgan Spector. Oh. I think that's I think I think that's what got me going. Um, I think it's him. Uh, let me just yeah, Morgan Spector, uh, Morgan Michael Spector. Uh, so he's been in the Last Airbender. And he's been in the drop and Christine, so oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you uh, if you think the same as well, but um, yeah, he looks pretty. I'll give good. it a check and uh, yeah, get back to it. I actually um, last week sort of we were fan casting, but I uh, I forgot to give two shout outs to some of uh, my always fan casted people with uh, Riz Ahmed as a oh, Mark yes. Spector and um, for anyone who watched Iron Fist as a. Totally forgot the actor's name now. Look it up. Um, uh, the actor who played Davos in ah, Iron Fist. Yes. If, uh, if only in a world we could have him playing both. But, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it's always possible. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but uh, Davos is a pretty big, pretty big character. So yeah, I don't pretty, want him uh, disappearing anytime soon either. Hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, let me just pull him up here. D- Davos, where is he? Uh, no, can't find him. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, another footnote. Um, mm-hmm. um, Rick from the Facebook group was uh talking in uh, one of the group chats. Um, he said that in the new Venom verse, uh, number one of the uh, new event, mm-hmm. that uh there is reference to a Venomized Moon Knight, and uh, being written Colin Bunn, he may actually make an appearance. It was a I haven't read it, but by the sounds of it, it was probably just sort of a throw-off, one-away line, but yeah. who knows whether he'll make an appearance of Venom of that sort of scale, especially, you know, Colin Bunn, Moon Knight oh. Rider, put him in, Moon Knight kills the Marvel Universe again. That's that, that's so cool, because uh, Bunn has actually done really well with that Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe mm, again. Hasn't he just? 
And, and you know, him having come off, uh, you know, six issues of Moon Knight as well in 2015 or 16, uh, it's, yeah, he's got a really good hold of the character, I feel. So, yeah, that'll be great. And, and, and can you imagine, like, a, a venomized Moon Knight? That'll be just kick-ass. I hope we see it. So, yeah, I may have to keep in touch with that one and it's a side-on yeah. series called Anthology Sort of Tales in the Venom Universe called War... Venom vs. War Stories, I believe, so mm-hmm. may make a one-shot appearance in that. So, yeah, I think I'll okay. I'll be following that. Both will probably. So yeah, find we'll, out we'll, we'll, have to keep, mm, we'll have to keep close eyes on that uh, and report it back to the group as well. So all you loonies out there, um, kept abreast of everything Moon Knight. So, um, yeah, I'll have to dig deep into that as well. Uh, just a quick thing, I saw Sasha, Sasha Dowan. Is, is oh, Dallas. of course. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, he, he would be a good Moon Knight as well. Yeah. So uh, in our final sort of fun bit of news, actually, Declan Shelby on his Twitter put out some mm-hmm. old drawing tests for when he was creating uh, the Moon Knight, Mr. Knight look for Alice's run. Yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a good, um, just little window to look into as to what Shelby's, uh, I guess process was uh, the first one was uh, like like four little sketches of Mr. Knight, and uh, I think he said that C was his. Uh, yeah, he ended up going with C. Uh, basically, the design is is all the same. It's it's more so with the the shadows and the tone, right? Um, I kind of like B, Connor, which is a, a a bit a bit lighter. Yeah, he um he made this comment that uh he sort of thought possibly those first two were a bit ghostly, and he wanted a mm. sort of a high contrast look for this Mr. Knight, but I think yeah. there's definitely a sort of time place that we could see a return of a more spectral-like looking Mr. Knight. Yeah, I mean, it says it in the name, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be amenable to that as well. And he's got um, just like rough uh, rough sketches for a promo piece. Uh, looks like it's really blown up, right? It, it's a sketch of Mr. Knight um, just standing in an alley. Uh, a nice little little small sketch there. And uh, and the final one, which I thought was the the most interesting, was yes. he's got uh, his original design for Moon Knight's bone armor, and it's based on old uh, Anubis depictions. Um, and it says uh, he notes that Warren Ellis noted to go more nuts um, <laughs> and, to, and to make it an actual giant bird skull. So uh, that direction, uh, the. Uh, one of the, the, the costumes for Moon Knight that we don't see too often is, is his bone armor. And, uh, you can thank Warren Ellis for having that massive helmet slash bird skull. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that armor. I'd love to see it make a reappearance in the, this current run coming. Mm. It just, I can't remember what issue it was, but, um, it turned up somewhere. And Ooh. I think one of the heroes just said, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> said, what the hell is that? And, and it is, it's such a weird, Random thing, you know, to to um, for Moon Knight and for just the, the 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 look of it is just so weird. I think it would um, freak out most people if ever you you come across it. Um, I think Moon Knight has that effect. It he does, yeah. But in, in yeah, this in a kind of like a totally different way. It's um yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, um, actually, I think um, another point is that uh, um, Hassan of a uh, strip panel naked will be doing a um, panel at Thought Bubble where he's running through a uh, 
sort of list of creators for Bubble Being event in the UK in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be doing a panel with creators and talking about the creative process. And uh, I know Tony Blair signed on. If I find, Ooh. but possibly that uh, Declan Shelby will be as well. So. You know, I, not only should you watch that as a great sort of insight into comics, but hopefully Hassan will put that panel online and we may just see a bit of them talking about Moon Knight. Oh, that's great. And Re- Rebecca's going to be there, right? Yes. Yeah. Our, our eyes on the ground. <laughs> she, can, she can report firsthand again. That's so cool. Yes, like, Jordy shall be confirmed. Oh, fantastic. I mean, Geordie Blair, she's, she's fantastic as well, but I think just the amount of work she does... Um, it kind of reduces the probability that she'll talk on Moon Knight, right? Yeah. I mean, she's got so much going on. So does Shelby as well. But um, I really do hope, since both of them are there, that there'll be the old uh, um, kind of alumni connection of, uh, oh, yeah, we both did Moon Knight, so let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. But I love those strip panel nakeds. Yes. Uh, they were great. Um, I always go back to the Shelby one uh, with that classic issue Oh, can you remember off the top of your head, Connor? It's Moon Knight the, the, 5? Yeah, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, him going upstairs, uh, and it was just brilliant. I just, oh, I really dig all that kind of uh, thought and and uh, creativity with laying out stuff, and, and Strip Panel Naked just um, makes it so accessible for, for any person to understand how comic book artists uh, think about how they want to lay out their art. It's really good. Yeah, so if anyone wants to find that video, it's uh, Creating a Good Action Comic, Moon Knight 2014 by uh, Strip Panel Naked. Oh, great. Well, we've got to, we'll chuck that on the, on the show notes as well. Too well, easy for loonies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so we sort of uh, rolled from uh, having no news till a Friday that led to a, a, a full bout of news. So I hope you got your uh, yeah. loony filled and you're uh, keeping up to date with us. But Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we've got a. Uh, any other final comments before we uh, move on to our big reviewer this week? Ah, yes. Uh, final comments for Moon Knight? No, no. Just um, just as we get closer to to the Punisher as well, because um, Ooh, there's yes. always uh, from what we were mentioning before, uh, a few other things are being dropped, um, like Frank Castle in his military gear. Um, and I think just today I saw there was a, a little image of uh, Micro's workshop. Um, so again, uh, that connection with the military and, and these new images popping in, I'm going to keep a close eye on, on any Easter eggs. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, me too. And uh, there's actually been no announcement still for when that is, but you know we're still expecting November sometimes, and that'll who knows when we'll get a trailer drop. Or just yeah. the series dropping itself. November's going to be a pretty cool month. We're going to have our Moon Knight comics coming out, and we're, we're going to have the Punisher on screen. Yeah, can't wait. Pretty, pretty can't cool. Wait. <gasps> All right, so uh, we're doing a bit of a, a bit of a big one. If you remember our first look at uh, Moon Knight issue one of Lemire, we we did a panel by panel, and we're here to sort of kick off this uh, new arc, with, uh, Incarnations with Moon Knight, issue six by Lemire, uh, Stoko, Frank Avia, Torres, mm-hmm. uh, Garland, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, released um, September 7, 2016. Yep, it's um, 
it's a really cool, uh, really cool issue um, after that fantastic first arc. Uh, and as Connor mentioned before, we'll be doing a a panel by panel analysis of this. Um, so we we'll we'll try to do this at the beginning of each um, new arc, just because it's it's kind of fun to do and it kind of sets the groundwork for um, for the art in general um, later on. So. Uh, we'll return to the usual kind of reviewing, reviewing format after that, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's rip into it, Connor. Yeah, well, I just want to make a first comment that uh, Smallwood is nowhere on this issue outside of a cover. Yeah, I mean, we we are spoilt with three fantastic artists, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's weird not having Smallwood there because he he's quite. It's just quite consistent, isn't he, with the whole Lemire thing? Like you 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 tend to just associate Smallwood now with with Lemire. Yeah, and uh, I think that opens up with some real story beats. So before we riff in that first panel, I shall just read the bit of a synopsis. It says, mm-hmm. Incarnations, Part 1 of 4. Contru sent Mark and his allies on a harrowing quest designed to wear away the last of Mark's mind. This would free his body for Contru to inhabit and use to enter our world. But Mark resisted, destroying himself rather than allowing Contru to dominate the Earth. Then Stephen Grant woke up at his Manhattan apartment. That's go cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just the first comment as well um, from that little blurb, uh, if you look up at Moon Knight, uh, the image on Ooh, that page, yeah. it's really weird. It's the, the I think the first, um, first, and I'm not sure if only time, that there's a bit of like um, earthy colours on there. And it's almost like a negative. If you look at Moon Knight's eyes there, uh, yeah, I think it's like a, almost like a negative to what it yeah. should be. It's, yeah, it's the negative to what we saw in the uh, sort of previous opening in the last few issues. Mm. So that kind of already kind of jolts you, which is really cool. But that's a great summation of the um of of how we got here. Yeah, so, and it shows just sort of really how much of a villain Ponchu was in this end. Yeah, yeah, it highlights basically what we mentioned um in the last episode about how or how he just designed this whole quest for them to, to get out of the hospital, but he was kind of manipulating everything uh, in the, you know, with the intent to possess Mark fully. So, uh, yeah. So this um this issue opens up with, we start off with Wilfredo Torres's art. And uh, the first thing we see, um, we have just two panels, about, first one's about two-thirds uh, large, uh, and it's Moon Knight, the classic Moon Knight, fighting a pharaoh. Yeah, and I think what I love about this straight up is, you know, the way our comic book language has been set up in the previous issue is that we know the reality we're in immediately by having Torres' art. We know that this isn't an all-of-a-sudden, like, an arc-to-arc artist shift-off where Smallwood's left and Torres is the main artist. We know that mm-hmm. we're looking at a different reality than what we've been living in for the past five issues so it's just immediate setup and uh it's it's a a really original look for moon knight there's none of that Mm. sort of extra gear or look or just straight white and cow Mm, it's very streamlined and uh apart from his crescent darts which uh he always has on his belt uh yeah it's just pure white um and yeah great point I, i like um yeah the idea how we're kind of We've got our expectations already from Torres's art, so we know that the previous issue ended with Torres's art and uh, Stephen Grant waking up. So we immediately know, for those that have been following the comic, that um, everything's based around Stephen Grant. Um, but the first thing, though, here, apart 
apart from uh, you immediately see it in the second panel with the the boom coming in but just for a split second you kind of wonder oh what's happening here moon knight's yeah. in egypt is he fighting a pharaoh what's going on and then you see the boom uh, the boom might come in uh <laughs> and it's like ah okay Stephen grant he's a he's a producer of course um so yeah very uh very good intro and then the next page you get uh basically a splash yeah full two-page spread two-page spread there's a there's quite a, a bit of detail here not stoko-esque detail but um there's plenty here got to go around of uh basically a, a production set um and uh i always wonder these faces that you see from the crew are they <laughs> are they from marvel or you know but basically what happens is that it's been cut because Obviously, the boom mic got into the shot of the camera, um, and the directors had to had to stop it, much to the uh, irritation of uh, Mark Spector, who happens to be the main actor. Yes, interesting, straight off the bat. So yeah, we sort of move from a big page spread to these little panels where we see uh, Mark Spector is actually a bit of a, almost having a bit of a tantrum on set. Yeah, a bit of a prima donna, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's complaining that um, he's going to have to be rigged up again with the squibs, which uh, in uh, film speak uh, are, the, are the packs that pretend to, to be the blood of the actor. Um, and uh, he, yeah, he, he, uh, he walks off in a bit of a huff. And we see in the, in the next two panels, uh, we, see we now see Stephen Grant and Marlene. And most of this issue, I think, will be... What I really liked about it would be um, the conversations between Marlene and, and Stephen. Um, so you get to understand their relationship a bit more, which is really good. Um, so, yeah, so they uh, they, they look and uh, have a bit of a chuckle at, at Spectre's uh, tanty. And, uh, and Stephen says, come on, let's get out of here. Yeah, and... I think I think what I love straight off the bat here with Torres is art. I mean, every artist in here, but we see everyone immediately set up with very distinct facial look. Like, no, we have about about eight different people on this different mm. people on this page, and we have all their distinct looks and sort of actions. You know, whether they're sort of pessimistic or Stephen Grant sitting in his chair, cross-legged, a bit a bit huffed. Yes, sort of just looking almost at a. You know, someone may look at a children messing about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and again, Torres's art. Um, that last panel of Stephen Grant and Marlene, just a, a really crisp, classic mm. look um, of profile. So he's got, you know, he's got his wavy, wavy brown hair, but the, just a classic look on the face. But you're right, all the other faces um, and the features, um, Torres ensures that they are kind of all individuals. So um, really nice. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just saying, as we move on to our next page, we get more mm-hmm. of a this really, really sweet and genuine Marlene and Stephen relationship as a... Mm-hmm. Ma- uh, Stephen. Well, there I go. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen complains about the uh, film being a disaster with um, Marlene sort of giving a bit of a... a bit of a bit of an elbow about his... Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we see here that Marlene's actually performing as stained glass Scarlet. Yeah, so that explains the um, does that query I had last episode of her wearing that that red cloak, and I thought there was ah. some significance to that, and I thought, oh, was she like you know Red Riding Hood, or or was she was uh, was she evil because red was associated with a lot of the bad. 
bad guys in it. But yeah, it's explained that um, she was she is playing stained glass Scarlet in in this production. So yeah, that kind of that kind of ties that off. Uh, what is really cool about this panel? Um, uh, apart from the great art, but more so with Lemire's uh, meta um, reference to to the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic yeah. Universe. I think that was just so brilliant how he's kind of introduced that in. While I was reading it, I was kind of thinking, ooh, ooh, are you allowed to? Are you allowed <laughs> to, uh, to comment like that? But um, it was great. It was a great read. Um, so he basically... Uh, well, they're basically, Marlene and, and Stephen are basically talking about movies in general and comic book movies and uh, how there might be superhero fatigue, um, but how, you know, they do well overseas, so they're still successful. Um, and, so, and so she cites actually the Ant-Man movie, which is uh, really funny. Uh, and uh, Stephen's talking about how uh, if the director's not done it right, it just becomes a cliched mess. Um, so there's a lot of comment on uh, on uh, superhero movies, I think, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. I love the sort of comments about Moon Knight being a, a third-rate character, and yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Graham wanted to use him to have a sort of a big introspective look at superheroes and mental illness and themes yeah. of identity, which is Le- what Lemire's doing in this run, and the comments about it becoming a cliched mess, and yes, we sort of uh, see that a uh, Stephen's having trouble with his new director on set, mm-hmm. being paired up with such shoddy people. Yeah. But, so there's uh, a yeah, it's it's pretty funny, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a great bit of work by Lemire, I think. Yeah, and then actually, as we leave this page in our final panel, the conversation the com- conversation between um Marlene and Stephen is cut short as Stephen's sort of suffering a bit of a bit of a migraine. Yeah, he's not he's not a hundred percent, and. Well, we, I guess we kind of know that a little from the, the previous episode. Uh, he's still kind of finding his feet because for all intents and purposes, he took a leap off a, a pyramid and, and offed himself and then he woke up in the bedroom as Stephen Grant. So uh, things aren't totally settled yet. Um, and uh, yeah, so if we move on to the next page... Uh, this is this is really cool as well. Um, he just hails a cab because they can't find their driver, um, and so both of them get in the cab, uh, and uh, it turns out to be it is it isn't it it is a uh, Jake Lockley in there. I, I I don't know actually. I couldn't figure that out myself. Mm. I mean, it's it's confusing because what happens next? But yeah, because uh, I thought like he, he looks into the rearview mirror, and I think that was a great link. And you can see his eyes, and they're very similar in colour, and I'm assuming very similar to, to Stephen Grant's. So it becomes a very surreal thing here where he's almost looking at himself. Another little note uh, is that in the cab, I notice the number plate is is ghast, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I don't know if that has a, a special meaning in there. But, um, yeah, so, so they're in the cab, and uh, he's talking to... Uh, to the cab driver, who may or may not be Jake Lockley, and uh, <laughs> this driver saying, "Oh, you want to go to Mercy Hospital because that's that's where their function is going to be." And let's not forget, Mercy Hospital is actually the hospital which started this whole series off, which is the uh, the mental institution. So uh, Stephen Grant and Marlene want to go there because there's a function, uh, and the driver's going, "Oh, uh, you don't want to go there. It's it's not very good for you." Um, and then this is where it gets weird because you turn the page 
and it's brilliant with uh, Frank Avia's art. It's almost iconic. A, a splash page here with the with the um, the New York cab, and uh, I'm not sure about you, Connor, as well. But I I thought I don't know for some reason it looked quite iconic. Um, the the cab. It's like it's positioned yeah. right in the center. It, it takes up most of the the two pages, um, and everything kind of works around it. And uh, all of a sudden, we're we're with Jake Lockley's perspective now. Yeah, and I love. I mentioned this last time with uh, Stoko, but I love the sort of the way the panel always seems to grow down to a small before opening to this next big two-pager that we yes. see. Uh, yeah, we now see Jake's reality, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's just immediately so distinct and so neon vibrant and mm. almost sort of Torres's art was, you know, obviously detailed and but it was still sort of a almost sort of a conventional sort of layout, you know, being on just mm-hmm. a, you know, a movie set, you know, it's just sort of our everyday reality, but this one's immediately seedy underworld and the, yeah. he, you know, Lockley makes mention of seeing everything, seeing the, that seedy underworld almost drain out into the, into the streets and mm. you see that immediately with the way it's almost, the light and colours almost work like water here. Mm. And and we discussed last episode with um about the classic issue, uh, issue twelve, volume one, with uh, Doug Munch and and, and Shinkovich, and how Shinkovich uh, creates this kind of noir feel by having the street lights uh, reflected yeah. off the windows. Um, but we have Frank Avia on this page. You have colours like pinks and reds on the on the street, which. Uh, allude to reflections of light, you know, coming from the neon, coming from the tail lights of the the, the cab. You've got um, street lights peppered everywhere, uh, and, and you know, signage. You've got immediately in the foreground uh, a garbage can. So exactly as you say, it's a it's a seedy kind of look straight away. You've got the headlights beaming. Um, so it's very much a nocturnal uh, um, kind of setting, uh, and and the lighting that. Um, Frank Avia does with colour. So if you look at the top panel on the left with uh, Lockley just driving behind the wheel, here half of him is is uh, purple from the lights. The other half is is yellow, again from another light uh, perspective. Uh, it's it's really uh, it's really nice. It's just yeah, really really well designed, I think. Yeah, and uh, Frank Avia does his own colours here as well. This is mm. all this page is all himself. And uh, yeah. if if we sort of move into what's saying here immediately. The shift in tone, like a writing by Lemire, of just sort of how serious Lockley is talking about the scum oozing, and that uh, mm. you know, he's not delusional, and you know, mm. something creeping over the city. It's it's very much set up to be that noir, you know, the seedy underbelly, the the very sort of serious tone. There's no sort of sweet foil with Marlene and their no. you know regular conversation, but uh, we do get a bit of a character popping up here in a uh, Crawley. And Crawley, yeah, and, and just going on from your other um, your other point, yeah, he's very much a loner, isn't he? Like, yeah, he hasn't yeah. got Marlene with him. He's just he's just cruising the streets in the cab. Uh, the only interaction he has is either looking at looking at what's outside or picking up customers. But yeah, Crawley um, Crawley pops up here, and again, uh, consistent with Lemire's previous arc, Crawley seems to know, like, have a better perspective about what what is happening overall. Um, cause he immediately asks Jake, you know, what you don't remember, uh, and, and Crawley goes, what, what do you mean? I mean, sorry, uh, Jake goes, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, we were, you know, 
well, he basically says that we were um, we were in the hospital and we broke out. He's basically retelling the tale from the first arc. Uh, I just want to slightly go back, Connor, as well, just the flip from um, the Stephen Grant to mm-hmm. to Jake Lockley, and the the bit where it gets weird is that um, the the lettering turns blue. Um, and we know that's Lockley speaking. So on the previous page with a shot of Stephen Grant, it says, Stephen Grant is too soft for what comes next. Uh, so I leave him back at the mansion and hit the streets as Jake Lockley. So is this Jake Lockley that we're seeing now, is that one in the same as Stephen Grant? Or is it the cab driver that Stephen Grant was, was driving with? This is kind of the surreal um, situation that we're kind of put in. Yeah, no, I was in, I was entirely confused by this. In the, you know, just in the next two pages post this, we'll see see another twist in the mystery. But I, I, I went immediately to assuming that, yeah, I guess, mm. I guess it, it was Jake Lockley. But that color tone almost seemed to suggest that, you know, that almost look at another reality. Yeah, Let me it's just yeah, messing with us. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a good sort of messing. <laughs> um. So yeah, as we as we move ahead past that splash page, he has more of a conversation with with Crawley, and yeah, and Crawley mentions um, we escaped from the hospital, as I said, uh, and he said uh, the hospital's for the mentally ill, uh, and he and he cites the other members. He says Frenchie, you, me, Marlene, uh, and Gina. We escaped through the subways. Uh, a, a bit more of a realistic uh, portrait there of Crawley, I think, from Francovia. Um, mm different from his usual style, really nice. Uh, but one of the things I, I took from this corner, this page, was I loved his almost horror element at that final yeah. panel at the bottom. He goes, yeah, he goes from blue and yellow, but that last page, it's a big zoom, um, a close-up of, of Crawley's eyes, of uh, almost fear or terror in them, and it's just a hot red or orange. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I liked, I liked how that kind of just shifted all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I think... Oh, this page especially just got me with uh, Frankovia's facial work. It's just, it's just beyond incredible. With the, you know, every single aspect of their face tells, tells what they're thinking. Shows the actual person, and mm. that build up to that final bit of red horror works from the start. We see Lockley's and Crawley's face mostly covered in shadow in the first oh, yes. panel, and they sort of, you know, still very much sit in that shadow until that last panel where his. He's screaming about, you know, the fact that they fought the mummies in Anubis, Anubis and Crawley gave his soul only for Mark to not remember any of it. Mm. You know, talking about, you know, a very horrible sort of comment by Crawley that now he's lost and it's yeah. all been for nothing. Yeah, hence the, the, the terror in his eyes. It's kind of like he made a, uh, he paid a massive price um, for, for Lockley or Moon Knight to escape that. Um, but then he's confronted with Jake, uh, remembering nothing of it at all. Uh, at all. So, um, yeah, you can imagine the terror, and it, it was just a—it's just quite shocking at the at the bottom because, um, uh, yeah, I find it a massive shift. Uh, because... Yeah, there's no build-up or anything. It's just straight red. Mm. Just like moves from the blue and yellow to the red. Yeah, yeah. So really good. Um, so if we go to the next page. <laughs> Again, the facial expressions of um, of Francovia, pretty good. Like we got a, a um, perplexed kind of look from from Jake, saying, "You're not making any sense, Crawley. I was at Gina's diner an hour ago. 
So, and I've never been in any hospital. Um, and there's also almost a look of resignation on Crawley's face. Yeah. And I goes, oh, you don't understand. Don't you understand? Because you're, you're actually in the hospital now. This is all like a, a figment of your imagination. And, and then the next um, panel pretty much probably sums up what we're kind of <laughs> feeling as well. It's uh, he's pinching the bridge of his nose, Lockley, just like, uh, I can't make any sense of this. <laughs> um, and, and that slight moment where he closes his eyes, he opens them again, and Crawley's gone. So, um, again, mystery upon mystery. Um, uh, the, the, the layout work here, Connor, I think is, is still pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, three panels at the top um, uh, profiling the faces. Uh, and then just one where, where Crawley disappears, um, and then the bottom half of the page uh, changes perspective totally, and you, you're kind of looking from above, looking down. Um, so anyway, Crawley gets out. Not Crawley, Lockley gets out. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he doesn't know what's going on, so the only way to get to the bottom of it is to turn into, you know, it's time for Moon Knight. So he opens his boot, and uh, we see the costume there. Yeah, and I think actually Crawley makes a very a very dire warning to to Mark, Jake, whoever sort of is now in this weird Stephen possibly in this weird re- reality shifting that uh oh Jake my boy don't you understand you're in the hospital right now mm. you know Lockley's call to action to be in Moon Knight just because everything's not right. Yes. Yeah. Does he- I just love sort of the just opening the trunk to get out the suit as if as if no one could just walk past and see mm. that. It's very classic, isn't it? It's very moanch. You see that in a lot of the volume ones. Of um, it seems like well, it makes sense. It seems like Lockley always has a a, a spare costume handy yeah. in the boot. Um, yeah, it'd be uh, oh, and Stephen Grant from that last issue that we saw with Morpheus, he's he's wearing the suit underneath his um. His his uh normal oh, yeah. clothes because you know how he does almost a Superman of uh, <laughs> runs out with it uh, and Mark Spector I guess uh, who knows I think he just gets changed in a change room somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is very uh, um, typical of of Lockley to have a costume in the boot um, so we flick from this page at the bottom and where as we turn the page we're met with a similar perspective. But all of a sudden, we're back to Torres's art. Yeah, very, very amazing shift from seeing opening the uh, Lockley opening the boot, looking down to the suit, to cutting to Stephen just looking at his uh, you know, his dress his dress suit for the big uh, event tonight at the Mercy Hospital. Mm. And this is very interesting in the fact that it's real time, um, like. From yeah. when you turn the page to the next page, it's it's exactly what um, Jake Lockley slash Stephen Grant is experiencing. So as you turn the page, um, we see Stephen Grant now standing in front of his white suit. And he says, what is this? Like he goes, I was somewhere else. I was in a cab and there was this man, this old man. So the time it took for us to turn the page is the time it took uh, that he suddenly you know, whisked back as Stephen Grant. Um, and so we see more of him and Marlene. Um, I like that third panel, Connor, actually. Again, you look at the faces there, just the posture of Marlene. She she doesn't say anything in that, but the way she's standing and the yeah. angle, it kind of looks like as, what, what the hell are you talking about, Stephen? So, um, yeah, 
the the talent of Torres shows there. Um, but they're back in the hotel room, right? And um, and uh, Marlene's just kind of uh, trying to calm him down, saying that he's probably had a, a anxiety dream. Um, and she's asking him if he's taken any of his medications. So uh, a clearly confused Stephen Grant, um, and yet again Marlene um, dealing with the craziness and trying, <laughs> to, trying to bring things back, um, steady, the sh- steady the ship. Yeah, and we see uh, the final panel referring to uh, Stephen's meds that he's having to, been, having to take, so, mm. you know, just more mystery. Has he ever, has he ever, um, I can't recall him taking, oh, I mean, medication apart from being forced medication in the first arc, right? Yeah, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, throughout the, throughout Moon Knight, he's never been prone to, to take any medication to, um, to control his personalities. Uh, the only ones I can think of is when Billy and Bobby, um, force it upon him. So, um, so, yep, this might be, uh, um, uh, residual, I guess, from from his time in the mental institution. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, again, a, a lot of the panel layouts here are uh, are quite standard, I think, because um, uh, the, the driver for for this part of the issue is is more, um, uh, I guess, conversation and interaction between yeah. Stephen and Marlene. So, um, so the dialogue kind of um, and and the story kind of uh, come to the the four here. Um, so anyway, so the next page, they get out uh, the meds, uh, and Stephen can't remember if he's taken them or not, um, uh, but Marlene says, you know, you'll be fine, let's get dressed, just make sure you take them even when you're, you're feeling okay. So she's kind of steadying everything, the calming influence, uh, and Stephen... Yeah, he says thank you. So uh, finally, she gets some sort of <laughs> some sort of recognition and validation that um, she's doing well. Uh, and Stephen says something very sweet. You know, I don't know what I'd do without you. Um, and she says, neither do I. So they get ready to go to this uh, this gala event, which is basically, um, in summary, uh, they have decided to hold a, a, an event at the mental institution um, to promote. Uh, the the mental awareness um, and, and obviously to promote his his film as well. Um, so we turn the page and we have a very familiar um, setting. Yeah, here. Mercy Hospital is the hospital we found ourselves in in the first arc. The, uh, the very sort of built inside a railway mm-hmm. hospital. You see, in a in a very good setup by the background. You know, made to contrast the colours of the, everyone in their suits. You see. Mm the greys and the greens and the almost sort of brown colours of the this strange hospital we found ourselves in earlier. Yeah. You'd, um, I know, you kind of almost get like a mental shudder to yeah. be back here. It's just because, oh gosh, you know, this is where it started and they fought so hard to get out of here. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a scary place. And I think... You can kind of see that with Stephen's first look as he's standing there. Again, I'm sure there are the, these are the faces of Marvel employees. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, Stephen's standing there, and he's looking a little unsure himself. Um, so he kind of reflects what the readers, I'm imagining, thinking as well. Um, so anyway, so there's a big gala event. They all look very rich and very wealthy, <laughs> um, evening gowns and stuff. So Stephen takes a sip, uh, and as we see the panel, it's, it's a, a nice... Um, uh, 
transition of, of perspective. He takes a sip out of his, uh, his whiskey and then you see a shot from behind him looking at where he's looking at. And uh, it's Marlene just just engaged in uh, in banter with a cocktail with with other people. So everything seems to be business as usual. Um, and then all of a sudden he has a question asked at him, you know. Um, and he turns around, and we have two familiar faces. Here. Oh no! Yeah. The worst of the lot. Yeah, and again, I don't know about you, Connor, but you kind of have a sinking feeling. It's like, oh gosh, we're yeah. here, here again. Gosh. These are the wardens. Um, so there's a little bit of trepidation, a little bit, oh gosh, Steve, Stephen could be in trouble here. Um, but they're just the waiters. Yeah, there's, you know, there's no sinister aspect behind them. They're just, they're just the waiters trying to give um, Stephen some hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, just some hors d'oeuvres. And um, he, he declines politely, but they kind of press him a little as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Like, don't we know you? And and this is where, as a reader, you're probably thinking, oh, hang oh, on, no. something's going to happen here. Because whenever Billy and Bobby interact with Mark Spector, it's usually violent. You know, they usually um, drag him away. They they give him shock therapy. Um, but, you know, having said that, this is Stephen Grant, so surely they can't do do any harm to him. Um, he actually he actually organised this whole this whole gala event. Um, so anyway, uh, Bobby keeps on asking, uh, you know, do I know you? Um, and Stephen, being, uh, I guess, an upper-class uh, snob in a way, uh, just says, no, no, get back to work. You know, he, he has no time for them. Um, so he leaves them behind and uh, he approaches Marlene and wants to have a little bit of a, a powwow. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we we turn the page, and um, and again he's showing he's a little bit confused. Uh, he's asking Marlene, what, "What's going on here? Why why are we here for this event?" Uh, in a damned mental institution. Yeah, throwing in a deal. because it is a very strange thing. But Marlene says, "Well, Stephen, it's your idea. You know, um, uh, you wanted to break down all the stigma about mental illness." Uh, and she makes a revelation as well, because you know you were you were a patient here as well. Um, so things are starting to tie back into that first arc, and I guess we're kind of getting dragged back into it. You know, if we think about that last arc, he kind of released himself, right? He jumped yeah. off, he released himself from Conchu, but now when he wakes up, um, he's still very much connected to to this reality which he thought was was not real yeah it's sort of it, it was kind of cool we got spotted bits of you know steven's memory playing up and then crawley giving a dire warning to jake and now you know in this sequence you know we've had you know the introduction of meds the hospital billy and mm. bobby and now that he was a patient you know it's sort of been you know, littered across, but now it's just sort of all falling down in this one section. If you think of it, cut up into the transitions. Hmm. Yeah. It's um. And there's there's a little bit of um, little bit of work on this panel here with a close up of Stephen when he asks Marlene what you're talking about, and it's just black, obviously, to, to just focus on on Stephen's um confusion. Uh, but then it's immediately kind of countered with uh, <clears throat> we see a shot of the director. Of, of Stephen's movie, uh, you know, just reassuring Stephen up, you know, although we stuffed up a bit today with the film, you know, we'll, we'll get it all done tomorrow. Um, 
and he's all kind of happy chappy. Uh, but Steve Ann says, no, no, you won't. And he, he, basically, <laughs> he basically fires Nick, um, which uh, doesn't go down well. <laughs> uh, and on the next page, you see pointing fingers towards Steve and, uh, and, and a bit of swearing as well. Uh, do you know what VMAs are, Connor, by any chance? No, there must be some no. sort of award. Because <laughs> mm, uh, the director's, you know, going, you bloody bugger. He goes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes I won four VMAs last year, uh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Stephen ain't having it. Exactly. And uh, we get a a, um, a return to almost his silhouette, but his silhouette in white. And I, I like this kind of mm, idea. Cause spectre. It, it, yeah, it gives that whole spectre vibe and just kind of reminds us that, you know, He's he's Moon Knight, and you know he's he's kind of set apart from others. Um, again, we just get then Marlene chasing him down uh, and saying how proud she is of him. Uh, so she's ever the supporting supporting partner, uh, but Stephen's not feeling too well, um, so he needs a bit of air. Uh, and um, Marlene says, "Well, you know, do you want me to come along as well?" Mark, and she actually refers to him as yeah. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Sort of uh, more indication this world's almost yeah. falling apart. So again, for the reader, and again for Stephen, we're, we're pretty much in Stephen's shoes. Uh, it's kind of, hang on, what What did you call me? And and Marlene fobs it off as, as uh, oh, sorry, that was, you know, working on the film, um, running lines with uh, with Mark Spector, uh, just, just a slip-up, nothing wrong. Um, so... Anyway, uh, Stephen leaves uh, Marlene, uh, and he goes out through the fire exit, it seems, uh, and, and bang. <laughs> the, the, uh, this entirely get... just cut to, a, to an entirely different world, and outside of our world, actually, in our, uh, this moon base of a Mark Spector uh, space marine. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, I had to post this up on on uh, Tumblr as uh, one of those big, you know, WTF moments. Um, uh, you mentioned Connor about Frank Avia uh, um, having a, a lot of uh, franticness to it. Yeah, this is this. Bri- yeah, <laughs> this is brilliant because not only the details, but to me, it reminded me almost of like Starship Troopers. Um, and because you've got Frenchie shouting at him, going, come on, come on, we've got to go. Uh, and there are these multiple moon jets in the background. There's machinery. There's There are people getting in, pilots getting in. Um, there's a huge hangar door opening up. And just all of a sudden, it's not only Marlene and Stephen anymore. It's not only two people. And if you flick back to the page before, um, detail is starting to become more sparse, right? It's only just yeah. Marlene and Stephen. There's just colour in the background. There's close-up, so you basically got, what, a door frame and, and some walls. Um, but then you turn the page and you're just... You feel exactly like uh, what I'd imagine Stephen would feel. You feel that, like you're dropped in to this this thing that you've just got to react to. So uh, it's good to see Frenchie there. So Frenchie's alive. Yeah. Um, and, and they all t- they all seem to be part of some sort of moon army. Yeah, as we, I love sort of immediately, you know, just that immediate space look of this all grey, you know, a bit of blue and yellow hues, but it's real mm. grey, factory-like, just almost, just almost a conveyor belt of these ships being hauled in and out, built, and yeah. uh, these pilots placed in. It's, it's very... Like, 
uh, Stoko, I think he's, he's well currently. Um, Dark Horse have released uh, Alien Dead Orbit oh, um, with Stoko, and his art just suits that so well. I think, like you know, if you think of James Cameron's Aliens movie, that kind of down and dirty um, um, futuristic space um, arena, and and this is what this is what I get with this as well. This is a, kind of the same kind of feel, um, and yeah, they've they've got to go off fighting something, so. Um, Again, Mark. It's now. It is Mark now, because um, he's a uh, partner in crimes. Always Frenchy. Uh, he's just <laughs> totally confused. Uh, he's going, who's coming? Like who? Basically, who are we fighting? And he's asking all this as they're they're getting into the um, to their jet, their moon jet. Uh, and Frenchy's just going. Well, come on, just just snap out of it. Frenchy hasn't got any any French accent. I noticed. Yeah, true. He, um, he generally has a very dodgy <laughs> French accent uh, conveyed, you know, with, with a lot of Zs and, and, and such. But, uh, but as soon as Mark gets his, um, his helmet on, he seems to know what he's doing. He's going, you know, Mission Control, this is Moon Knight 1, requesting launch clearance. So he seems to, to you know, know what, what he's meant to be doing. Yeah, um, this was... Um, sorry to sort of interject. Just sort yeah, of yeah. Um, an interesting part we've seen with all of these that... You know, they get confused by living in that previous reality, but then they have all their memories of the current reality there. And, you know, mm. this Mark Spector remembers what happened previously here, but now and then, but as soon as he's there, he's back like it was just a bad dream. You know, yeah. this is who he is. He's lived his life as this Moon Knight pilot. Mm. It's like almost he's, uh, he's lost his... Sh- uh, it's almost like he's retained his long-term memory. Um, which is, you know, yeah. the, his skills at being a pilot or, or, or being in this world. But just briefly, his short-term memory is just clonked out. And it's um, it's like, what what's happening? You know, who's coming? Um, so it's, uh, a, a, yeah, and it happens with Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley as well, I, I, I imagine. But, um, yeah, yeah, good point. He, he, uh, he retains a lot of his abilities. Um, because I guess like, if he didn't, I mean, <laughs> there wouldn't be much to it. He'd, he'd be like a bit of a, a useless character, right? Yeah, so, total wreck. <laughs> mm. So it looks like they shoot out of. Uh, it looks like they shoot out of the moon because yep. <laughs> uh, you can only assume that it is the moon. Um, and we finally come up to the last page, and it's uh, a fleet of like red, red again, Connor. So red. Um, yeah, e- once evil. again the. Mm. The um the motif of uh, of red being uh, something evil or something bad, uh, the big bad, and then we've got here General Lupinar. <laughs> um, uh, he seems to be the the leader of this pack, and uh, he he proclaims the space wolves will take the moon. So, to be continued. Dude, yeah, of, what an ending! It's like what the. <laughs> yeah, it's very sort of like 80s sci-fi, 80s anime sci-fi, you know, they're all pilots, they've all got their big, you know, seated with their, um, like, flight sticks, and, you know, he's got mm. the robotic eye. And... Uh, yeah, they got some. he's got some screws coming out of his forehead. It's a nice design here by Stoko, yeah. I really do like it. Uh, so I guess we'll see more of uh, more of him, uh, and this again ties back to the Space Wolves we saw in the previous issue, you know, wondering, hmm. you know, who are they? They obviously are bad. Yeah, this was this was a bit interesting, you know. Those ones we saw were really just sort of actual wolves. They didn't seem to have any like super intelligence, but these oh, are true. more humanoid and 
They are, yeah. They are. Um, obviously speaking, and, and yeah, this, this general looks totally different from the other Space Wolves that we saw prior. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see, but, uh, what a, what an issue to, to kick off a new, to kick off a new arc. Um, a lot of things introduced there. Um, but also the questions just keep on coming. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I think, I think what a way to end, you know, Soko didn't even have, he had three pages this entire, um, entire issue, but they leave such a, such a mark. And once again, uh, Stoko, um, drew colored inked all this as well. Mm. So uh, I do, uh, that is really cool. I mean, like, you know, nothing against other colorists and stuff, but when you have uh, an artist similar to Christian Ward as well in the, in the yes. current Black Bolt, when you have artists that um, have a vision themselves and um, they take control of the tools, like the coloring and the inking and the, and the penciling, uh, it is really kind of a treat. It's the same with the Frank Avia. Like he obviously, what he draws, he has in mind already the the kind of colors and the tone he wants to imprint. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's really really cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Stoko, you know, he's he's only got three pages, but it probably took him a month to, to <laughs> do all this. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. Like you, what you look at these things, and we most of the time we gloss over them, but imagine the amount of work and the amount of time gone into drawing it. It's it's crazy. Backpack we see in like the first opening pages. Yeah, it's crazy. So, Mr. Connor, rating-wise, what would you rate this? Oh, it's a, oh, a very good issue, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was sort of a, a lot of conversation. It didn't have sort of the, you know, the big the big sort of powwow we had in the last last sort of two issues until mm-hmm. the Stoker winning, which sort of blew my mind. You know, it's, it, you yeah. know, I love Stoker. I love that aesthetic. But, you know, all the artists here... Frank Avia, Torres, their own looks, their own colours, how Lemire used that to write a such a surreal and no idea story. Yeah. Yeah, just sort of as the setup to what this crazy arc will be. I think I'll give it a four out of five crescent darts. Oh, Maybe a nice four point five, yeah. Oh, okay. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, I um I really enjoyed it as well. Actually, I I really yeah, I did enjoy it. I mean, although we um that we had the the artists in the previous issue, uh Having them here on again and and fleshing out a bit more of the Stephen Grant, I, I kind of I like the um, interaction between Stephen Grant and Marlene, yeah. uh, as well as the uh, the just the head spinning moments of of the Space Wolves. Um, good to see Crawley again. Uh, I, I'd actually I was uh, I think I still will. I'll give this a big I think I'll give this a big six out of five. Kind of crescent darts. I yeah I really enjoyed it. Um, just the art is just superb, and I love that whole meta thing with um, Lemire at the beginning. I, I remember first reading that <laughs> when the issue came out, and it's like, oh, this is so clever. It's so funny. Clever and funny. It's, it's just really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I can't go past it. And and it, it being a fresh start as well, I think it's a great first part to a new to, to a new series. Um, uh, I'm trying to vis- imagine it um, for a new reader. If like If you were to not know anything about the first art, Connor, and you picked this up, would it, um, how would you, how would you take it? Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be, I'd be, 
I, I'd well, love to see it. I think I think it'd be interesting to see someone's take if they could. Mm. I think I think it really would be like just sort of someone throwing you in a deep end with with little two little narrative clues, clues, but it it, it almost sort of work. Yeah, because I'm just wondering if you need to read that first arc or not. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, well, you should. You really should, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely should. But, uh, yeah, I think it's still still quite standalone. Um, and based, I mean, there are just questions aplenty anyway, so it doesn't matter, I guess, if you're a, if you're a long-term reader or, or just jumping on board there. But, um, yeah, you'd, you'd be kind of wondering what is going on. Um, but, yeah, six out of five for me, kind of. Mm. Just all great issues. All, <laughs> all so great in issues. love. Yes, um, also, Connor, there was a review from one of our loonies. Yes, a very uh, one of our one of our big uh, big partakers in the group, uh, uh, into the night, a Moon Knight fan, uh, fan base on mm-hmm. Facebook. But he actually uh, commented this on our WordPress page, which, if you do comment, we'll see all the time. We'll get on the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, Adam says, mm-hmm. "Wow, what a great issue! I love the different art styles used to convey the different personalities and lifestyles of Stephen, Jake, and Mark." Stephen's pages are filled with very clean, crisp art. It makes things very put together, happy, predictable. Stephen Marlene mentoring superhero fatigue online and the Ant-Man movie kind of breaks the fourth wall and makes the Stephen scenes more realistic than the others. Mm-hmm. Then we find that the realism of the Stephen scenes actually seems to be the Matrix, so to say, and the real red pill world is that world that Jake is describing in the beautiful street art style pages where he's the main character. This is the coolest art in the book to me. The lights are typical yellow city lights. The shadows are blue, and there is pink thrown in there to really make it seem almost like graffiti. Mm. And at this point, who the heck knows what's going on with Mark? <laughs> the art changes to a very technical style, most popular with sci-fi stories. And this is a sci-fi story, to say the least. We've never seen the werewolf werewolves like this before. All in all, what a crazy and magnificent issue. Five out of five crescent arts from him. Yeah, well, thank you, Adam, and uh, yes. some some very good points there. Like the the pink uh, thrown in there, yeah, true to to almost like graffiti. So you've got very much a street kind of street kind of feel to it. Um, uh, as we mentioned, the Ant Man movie and breaking the fourth wall from Steve and Grant's world is it was very cool and it made it realistic. But yeah, to to then find the realism of the Steven scenes. Um, uh, like the Matrix, compared yeah, red to good term. Yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's a good term. Is is a yeah, is a, is a great point. I, I think. Um, also, yeah, the the last thing with um with Mark of what the hell's going on? Uh, yeah, sci-fi stories. It, it just it's it's strange, isn't it, Connor? Because uh, Mark Spector, the character, really has no ties to yeah, to science. He's so fiction. grounded. No, he, he's more as as. We've seen previously um, more into military background. He's a mercenary. Had nothing to do with sci-fi. So this is kind of like a, a flip. And uh, uh, definitely, Adam, um, I agree with you. It's kind of what the hell's going on. But it's such a fun thing that you just gotta you just gotta buckle up and uh, and just go along with it. Um, and uh, yeah, five crescent darts from him. Uh, crazy yeah. and magnificent. Totally, totally agree. And uh, I was looking for a word before, but he totally captured it. Uh, Torres' art was real, sort of clean and crisp. That mm. was a good way to put it, of sort of showing almost our sort of real world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I, I think the the three artists chosen perfectly cast. Um, you know, artists. I think uh, Torres well suited to Stephen Grant's um, Stoko. 
um, <laughs> to get that feel is just totally kind of out there. And 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 for the cab driver Jake Lockley, for someone that's on the streets and is the street connection, um, his art just suits it so well. I can't imagine them flipping and and doing each other's oh, because no. their style just is so well suited. So whoever made that call. Brilliant. Uh, Jake Thomas is probably the editor. He probably did it. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely brilliant. So thanks once again, Adam. Um, and as Connor said, um, Looney's out there and listeners, get your comments in. We'd love to read them out. And uh, we're available on many, many, many social uh, uh, sites. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we get into those details, yeah. I guess um, next week we uh, will continue our review of uh, of this. So Lemire's Moon Knight, Volume 8, Issue 7, which is Part 2 of Incarnations. Uh, we'll see what becomes of General Lupinar and that crazy sci-fi world. We'll see what happens to, to Stephen and Jake as well. Um, and uh, yeah, the artists are, are pretty much retained, aren't they, Connor? Yes. Yep. So saying, I'm not. I can't remember if uh, Smallwood makes a return for that issue or not. But uh, three artists. That's uh, that's plenty. So looking forward to going back to our usual format of reviewing that. Um, so we'll get the bare bones for that. We'll get our four aspects and we'll do our rating. Uh, we'll also be returning to a character spotlight. Um, so we'll be looking at um, due to popular demand we'll be doing a stained glass scarlet spotlight so a very mysterious character connor are you much familiar with her or um no actually um she was all she was very much a latecomer to my moon knight knowledge going back Mm. through volume one and uh i think she has quite a bit to do in mark specter moon knight she does as well there i haven't read that sadly yeah yeah she she returns to it um and she remains uh, in that um, impressively vague, in, 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 you know, whether she's good or bad. Um, she's very mysterious in the fact that, um, well, we'll get into it in the character spotlight, but she has a, she has a, a bond with, with Moon Knight, um, which kind of comes out and is not really explained, but very much looking forward to, uh, to getting into that character spotlight. And um, to go with that as well, um, we'll also be doing a second book review, uh, and that will be of uh, Stained Glass Scarlet's introduction. Moon so twenty four, volume one. Yeah, so that that is just after a couple of your favorite issues of Morpheus, yes. Connor. Yeah. So um, we'll unfortunately just leapfrog them, and uh, but we'll go into cool. Stained Glass Scarlet, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get right into it. And there's also a third thing, Connor, for next week. Yes, we are finally debuting our own uh, third co-host. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca will be joining us for the entire episode to dig into these issues and the spotlight and hopefully some good news next week. Definitely. I absolutely cannot wait. It will be really cool to to have Rebecca with us. Um, she currently um, uh, drops into the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, so for any... Uh, Iron Fist fans out there, as long along with Moon Knight fans, please go check that out. It's a really cool podcast. Uh, that's hosted by uh, Rebecca, another Connor from another universe, and uh, <laughs> and Carl. Uh, so really cool. Uh, and also she drops in um, on the Defenders uh, podcast as well, which is hosted by Claire um, and her her um, stalwart team of of, <laughs> uh, of Defenders. Uh, yeah, so that's 
about it for um, today, Connor. Yeah, where um, can they find us, Ray? Yeah, so just finally, um, you can definitely find us on a lot of a lot of things. Um, we have an email at um, it's moonlightpodcast at gmail dot com. So just drop us a line there, or we're available on Facebook. We have a page, um, facebook dot com slash itk moonlight. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Um, yeah, please check out that out. There's a lot of loonies there that uh, we really do love interacting with, and that's at facebook.com/groups/into-the-night, into the night with a K. Uh, we have uh, Twitter as well, it at itk moonlight. Uh, we also are on SoundCloud. Uh, we also are on most of all the all the good podcast catches. So please um, check out our podcasts or our earlier ones if you haven't already. Uh, we also have an Instagram and Tumblr. Um, uh, site as well. So just uh, search for, I think it's ITK Moon Knight or um, or ITK podcast, uh, and that should should come up as well. Also in the works, um, I'm trying to get us Connor on on YouTube. So um, before long, you'll be able to to find us there as well. Um, so plenty of ways to get in contact with us. Oh, finally as well, of course the uh, the website uh, into the night. Mm-hmm podcast.wordpress.com um, we we have our posts there related to the podcast so you can even just drop a comment there and we'll pick that up for sure but always fun to hear from you um, and also just finally as well um, if possible uh, and if you'd like please give us a rating uh, on yeah, Apple always iTunes appreciate it. always appreciated we have a few up there already and uh, thank you so much for the kind words um, the more ratings we get um, the more uh, exposure we get to others out there, so we'd really like to, to kind of, uh, you know, promote the 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 Moon Knight army um, out there, especially with Netflix hopefully giving us what we all clamour for. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So another another good one. Um, yeah. Any final words, Connor? No, I think we're covered. I think it's another great uh, episode. Well. I hope you are uh, <laughs> fight along with us as we uh, sort of uh, rambled on, but uh, hopefully dissected well the uh, panel by panel of issue six. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope you can join us next week for our yeah. uh, spotlight issue seven review, issue 24 review of the first volume with our uh, co-host Rebecca. It'll be yeah, good. should be very great. And to, just to sign off, um, may Conchu protect us from the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Bye. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.